Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code OFF THE BLOCKS for a 10% discount at checkout. Australia in four, the United States in five. Off, McKenzie at the bottom, Stubbins of Schlanger in six, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Queen start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. For short of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together. Pick that one. Bloomer in back ahead of Manuel and Herrish Amenya. What a shot. Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come at her. Henry's throwing Linden down. Linden and Henry. Henry and Linden. They hit it. Jody Henry of Australia shading. Jenny Thompson has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be. Yes! Victory! <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. I'm your host, Robbie Cox, as we're joined by the man, the name, the podcast is named after Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Good, Rob. Good, Robbie. Morning, everybody. Mate, I feel like I, I just, yeah, I just haven't seen you for so long, mate. It's great. To, it's great to see your face again. Um, where, um, yeah, yeah. No, I just didn't get enough of your head over the weekend. I wanted to see you one more time. Um, we, um, yeah, we're doing this a day earlier than than normal, but um, coming off the back of ACT champs, which I'm going to get to in a in a moment but how's your week been so far this week uh yeah, pretty good i gave the guys monday off um and i just coached uh the couple that a couple of swimmers that didn't compete on the weekend because they couldn't get in because uh the act champs was all full up so, yeah, I don't know uh, anything about that. Uh, just, it certainly wasn't. It certainly wasn't uh, any, any of my swimmers taking spots. <laughs> yeah, she was, yeah, she was a busy weekend. There was um, it was hard to get around too. It was just it was just um, packed, packed to the rafters, as they say. There was people everywhere. But no, it was a great weekend. Um, firstly, I just wanted to say thank you to the ACT swimming act and all the officials they, they put on a great show and um the as you can see shannon i'm a man who loves his food and as you know the official they do a great job of feeding the coaches and yeah. they're always bringing around sandwiches and um snacks and drinks and and all sorts of things so they do a great job they you, you also when you go down there and for any coaches who's never been, not that I don't want any more clubs going down next time, please. There was a cast of thousands, but they also give you your sheets as well, Shannon. Your your, your spreadsheets, and they've got all sorts of for so you can get collect your data and all the things that normally a coach should be doing on their own anyway. 
they go around and, and hand them all out. So they do a brilliant job. And for the amount of people we had there, there actually wasn't many hiccups or slowdowns. It sort of rolled through. And, um, I mean, we can talk about maybe the 50 freestyle not being one of the last events on a Sunday afternoon. But outside of that, I thought it was a great weekend. And uh, congratulations to everyone involved because it was a fantastic weekend. Um, in terms of results, mate, for your team, they, from afar – um, and we didn't get a chance to talk too much over the weekend just because we were so busy. But your team looked like they were they were doing pretty well. A few champ records in there as well. Yeah, I was pretty happy with the way the guys went. Um, had some had some good PBs, uh, not not across the board, but um, everyone sort of swam uh, did at least one or two good races. You know, um, and they might have been in six or seven. So. Um, and a couple of records, which was good. Um, Alice Mills, uh, Bronte knocked off that record, which was 08, but it wasn't the oldest record. Uh, Matt Dunn, uh, one of his records went, Scotty Miller's, one of his records went. Um, so some famous names there. So, but yeah, you have, I have to give it uh, credit to the ACT, like as far as, um, food and, and all of that, you know, it's been a gripe of coaches around the country how poor we get treated uh, at meets and uh, in comparison to, you know, meets in the US and around the world and stuff. But uh, there wouldn't be a better uh, uh, competition anywhere in the country where coaches get looked after than ACT. Oh, and and yeah. by a country mile, I might oh. add. A hundred percent, and and it it doesn't it like I've been going down there, uh, well, when I was a swimmer, a, a very average swimmer, but when I was a swimmer and we went down with Campbelltown, they were doing it then, and then I, as a coach, I started. I think I was nineteen, and I took a small junior group down. Uh, they were doing it then, so it's not just a, a recent thing. They've always been um, a very um, accommodating and looking after the coaches and looking after the teams and making sure it's a really good. Uh, experience and atmosphere for all of the clubs and coaches and you know, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic it was a great show and and you turned on the weather too mate There's some of those days I mean <clears throat> the Friday I was down there was a bit of a shitty day was a bit of rain and stuff but temperature was bloody beautiful yeah it's funny um they had thing uh July has been our warmest daytime uh temperature it was I think the average was 15 or something like that. Um, but the nights have been the coldest. So we've had both ends of the spectrum. So, um, but uh, they're, they're the sort of days I, I just love the weather uh, in winter in Canberra uh, with those sort of magical days. So we had two of them. We, had, we were in, inside, unfortunately, but as you said, the atmosphere was, was fantastic. I mean, the atmosphere, it was better than the Australian swimming trials. By a by a conceivable margin again, like like that fifty free. The only problem is they put it on at the end. Yeah. I've tried to change that to no avail. <laughs> um, why they put the fifty free on at the very end on a Sunday? Uh, beggars belief. But um, yeah, Bronte uh, was in it, and Abby Webb, and 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 a couple of others from uh, Queensland and New South Wales, and. Uh, um and everybody was like well, I, I got someone who filmed it from um uh up on the the bleachers and uh it was packed day eh? they all came in to, to see that so um 
it would have been quite quite something if you had have had a star-studded field. So. Yeah, well, you could imagine. I, I think it'd be great. Um, you know, we, obviously, it's got to work with people's schedules, but I think it'd be great at some point to get a few star-studded um, teams to come to something like that, just to get. Uh, everybody around because that's what everyone wanted to watch they wanted to watch the the big names and obviously Bronte in the middle there and um she put on a show for them as she does and I want to give a shout out to Bronte and not, I don't know if she's a big fan of the Shannon Ronaldson podcast but I want to I give us I, I don't think she but, no I don't think she is but <laughs> I don't think don't think she is but I do want to give her um uh, a massive kudos and flowers for the way she engaged with the swimmers, Shannon, the junior swimmers who, you know, as soon as she finished a race, they rushed her and they want a photo and they want a photo and they want it now. You know what teenagers are like, they want it now. And in fairness, if you don't get it now, you don't get it because they're off and they're gone anyway. So they wanted to get it. And I'm, um, both of my uh, our teams from off the block, so San Susie and St. George, um, a few of the girls got photos with her and they weren't the only ones. So... Um, if you could pass on that from me, Shannon, she yeah, she did a phenomenal job, and I love seeing that. And I've seen it before, even at State Open, um, when we've got kids there and they run over, and you know these poor, these poor guys have, and girls have just finished their race. They're probably buggered, or or maybe happy or unhappy with their race, or something that they might not have executed. And then there's a camera. Like, Can we get a photo? Can we get a photo? And they always smile and say, "Yep, sure." Um, so. They do a great job. I don't think you always hear enough of that. Um, so congratulations to Bronte um, for that because, you know, our kids came away just skipping and happy and the parents, oh, did you see Bronte? How good was she? So um, thank you very much to Bronte for that and, and continue that great work. All the Australian swimmers, um, they do a great job. Um, now I want to give you a kudos too, Shannon. This is a tip of the hat to Shannon. Now for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not a big spaghetti bolognese fan. I'm not. I'm just, I'm not. My my wife, who's also not a big fan of this podcast, <laughs> but if she was, she could tell you. I'm, I just, it's, I don't know, it's in the sauce. It's something. I'm just not a big fan of it. Um, but on Friday night, I was fortunate enough to try Shannon's famous, it's only famous because it's the only thing he does. It's the only one he cooks all week. But the famous spaghetti bolognese. And I actually enjoyed it, Shannon. And that's not to kiss your ass because... We don't always agree on stuff, so I, and I'm I'm quite happy to go. Oh, I don't know if I like that or not, um, but that was nice. It was good. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah. You put me under the pump because <laughs> I've never made so much in my life. <laughs> oh, and what was more uh, funny was um, double all the ingredients. Yeah, <laughs> what was more funny was I was giving it a thumbs up, but. Um, but Ava and Elizabeth said, oh, I think you've done better. So, <laughs> and as I said, in fairness, I mean, it's not my favourite dish, so they're probably uh, more accurate with their critiques than me. But no, tip of the cap, it was beautiful. Uh, it was nice and we had a good night, solved the world's problems and watched some, good, yeah, watched some good racing and, um, and, and had a good night. So thank you very much for that, for having me over and wasn't a party despite people thinking we're having a party at Shannon's house. It was, it was quite a quiet night in the end, wasn't it? It was quite mild. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> and then uh, Sandra and I shared a birthday on the Saturday. So. Yeah, we, it's always around ACT Champs is your birthday and you guys were off at, um, at the Lighthouse causing, causing a ruckus. There was all sorts of stuff going on over there, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, there was a couple of fights actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
think the old Newcastle uh, supporters and the Canberra supporters. Uh, hey, how, how dare you bring the Newcastle supporters' name into disrepute? <laughs> that would have just been there having a coffee, just just <laughs> quietly minding their own business, and it would have been the Canberra. It would have been the Canberra fans because they were dirty that they didn't get the win on the weekend, uh, which I was dirty. I, I didn't get to go to. I only ever go to the game, Shannon, where we get flogged. Do you ever find that you only ever get to go to your team's games where you where they lose and then you walk out? You know, it's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, now today's episode, as you can tell by the title, is all about uh, the World Champs wrap up uh, and what a World Champs it was. Um, congratulations to uh, both broadcasters who, who, if you could find it on Channel Nine, obviously with Matt Thompson, Gian, Ian Thorpe. Uh, if you could see it on uh, World Aquatics with Mike McCann and, and Bobby Hurley, did a great job. Everyone knows uh, what I think of Bobby Hurley, but I thought um, did a great job of, of bringing the sport and the sport of swimming to to a more of a broader audience as well. But congratulations also to the swimmers and the athletes for turning it on, Shannon, turning it on. I don't know the last time I saw that many world records and, and fast swimming and exciting battles and matchups and, and some became matchups that we didn't know we, we were going to see and some were not even matchups that we had tipped that they were going to be big matchups and they didn't end up that way. Um, fantastic week and we're going to go through it in, in a moment, but you must have been excited watching that staying up late. I don't know if you're a, a stay up late type of guy, but that might've got to you a little bit, but outside of that, you must've loved it. Yeah, I was, um, I was struggling by Saturday. I, uh, <laughs> just, you know, with the tour de France and then straight into, um, three weeks of that and then straight into the swimming at 11 o'clock, which is about an hour over my bedtime. Um, but it was all well worth it. And, uh, so I watched every, every night, I even watched, um the heats when i could um so so it was good really good enjoyed it uh it was a top meet um trying to think how many world records there was in the end there was a fair few relay ones wasn't there and um yeah i only wrote down just for our purposes of chatting today just the individual ones um not to disregard the 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 relay ones but otherwise we'll be here talking all day with because there was yeah there was um mixed mixed freestyle mixed medley uh, the four by two, four by one. Yeah, there was there was heaps. Yeah, and and what in the individual? It was what the women's breaststroke, fifty breasts. Yeah, there were six. <laughs> well, I wrote down I wrote down six altogether, which uh, we'll go through in, in just a moment. Um, obviously, the medal tally, and I want to get your thoughts on on the uh, the team of the team of the meet that was named. Um, so the medal tally read that Australia, 13 gold, seven silver, five bronze, 25 medals altogether, US second. This was the World Aquatics table, right? So I don't know how then we get to this next result that I'm about to tell you. World Aquatics table said US was second because they had seven gold, 20 silver, which is still impressive, and, and 11 bronze and 38. Obviously China in third. Uh, I thought China had a really good meet as well with some really good developing athletes coming through in a yeah. few different uh, events. But then the team of the meet was the US. That's disappointing, isn't it? Like, seriously. They shouldn't have even gone and got the trophy if that was the case. I mean, how could, how many times does the US get knocked off 
and then they go and when they do get knocked off, they get the team of the meet. I mean, far out. Yeah, I, I don't there was that award until you just mentioned it. So. Yeah, no, no, they they got yeah the the team of the meet, which I don't, as I said, look, I know they across the board they got more medals. They got thirty eight medals, um, but oh, when what? you when you look at <laughs> When you look at it, the gold medal tally, um, they're nearly we're, we're nearly doubled what what they got. So they got smashed. Yeah, <laughs> they absolutely got smashed. <laughs> it just doesn't. Yeah, it does. Well, why it was more confusing to me, as I said to you, the World Aquatics table is what it, when I sort of got this off. So it has Australia at the top, but then they award it to anyway. It was yeah. just it's confusing. Um, I, I think clearly coming out of that week in terms of a world perspective, Australia um, are right on the radar and on the money, and especially the Australian women's team. I thought they just did a phenomenal job in in all areas. So um, that was that was really interesting when you when you look at that. Um, we're going to just touch on Shannon also the world records because um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on some of these. Uh, obviously, we kicked off with Ariane in the 400 free, 355.38. It was billed as the race of the century, which I think, as I've touched on, I don't know if Thorpey liked that because it was comparing it to his race of the century he was in, and I don't think he uh, aligned that race with, with the one he was in. And in fairness, it turned out to be nothing like a race of the century. It was just a race of one and a world record line. But um, it was impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, so what was Thorpey's race of the century? Was it the 200 at Athens? Ah. Ben and Hugen Band, Hackett, Phelps was in it. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, there's yeah. some pretty big names. Um, um, well, you know, in all fairness, I think it was quite rightly the build-up for that event, and, you know, and if Thorpey didn't agree, then... Think he needs to have a look at the facts. Um, mm. You had the world record holder, the Olympic champion, and then you had the greatest female distance swimmer of all time. I mean, she's got the twenty-nine of the top. She's probably got thirty now of, <laughs> of the top fifteen hundreds. Um, I don't think it it, it eventuated um, yeah. like it could have. Um, and you had a world record in it. You know, it was still a great race. Um, it, you know, Erica Fairweather ended up with the bronze medal. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was the margin in the end, you know, and it was just how well Ariane swam that um, uh, sort of blew it, blew it out of the water. So... Which, you know, I don't think anyone, and we, we'd sort of touched on the race coming up and uh, I'd done a podcast with Bobby sort of previewing it as well. And uh, although I had in my mind, I did say on record, by the way, that Ariane, I thought Ariane would win, um, I, I definitely didn't foresee it going that way. What, yeah. what did you see in that race to suggest that, you know, that leap ahead of the other girls, was it was it a... a a shift in speed, in top end speed, and able to get out a bit quicker and and hold it, or what? What you know? As I said, she ended up blowing them away. Um, I do feel like, and I don't know, you're a much more better judge than I. I do feel like they made uh, Summer McIntosh race 
a little bit differently than she probably wanted to. And I think she spun her wheels a little bit uh, in the middle of that race. And that's probably why she wasn't there in the end, because I don't think she was as comfortable as she wanted to be. But how did you see it? Like, as I said, what, what makes it, we thought it was going to be so close. In the end, it's a blowout. What do you? What did you see that Ariane did so well that maybe the other girls weren't ready for or hadn't trained for? Um, well, I, I think at the end, I mean, Ariane just performed, uh, you know, to her best. She she was the previous world record holder. Went up against the the new world record holder, you know, who who'd, um, who got that what a couple of months ago. Um, Ariane's done. Uh, uh, off the top of my head, she's dropped from a 56 to a 55 over 400 metres. So it wasn't even, a, you know, it wasn't a massive PB and it's never mm. ever going to be a massive PB, but it was just about performing at your best at that moment. I think, um, yeah, I think you're probably right with uh, Summer spinning her wheels a little bit and it was probably, the you know, without doubt, the highest pressured race Summer had been in, um, and the other two girls who beat her have a much more seasoned campaign. So I don't think the experience won't do her any harm, Summer. Um, I do think that she'll probably, they need to sit down and really have a good think about next year. And the question needs to be, what can you win? Um, because she's got so many events, um, unlike world swimming who give out team of the year for minor medals <laughs> uh i think she needs to be focused on what, what can she win you know yeah. so and there's definitely you know at least three individual medals that i can think of that she can win and i'll be you know at her age banking them so yeah it was a good race as we said in the end for erica fairweather as well which we touched on um earlier coming through i previewed um that she's someone to watch in the future coming up i actually said she'd get a bronze in paris she got it a year early um and congratulations to her she's a, a lovely girl uh trains really hard works really hard she's on the rise i'm excited to see her next year but the challenge for her as with all those girls is now they're all going to want to be hungry for for that success in a year's time as well so um, it's going to be interesting again, as you said, does Summer want to race that event next year, knowing that she's the 200 champion and, and what she does in the medley and, uh, and the 200 free as well. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, she handled it really well. I, I, I don't want to quote because I can't remember off the top of my head, but she did an interview after that race and she seemed really level-headed about her results, not that she was, um, you know, she wasn't flipping about it, but she was disappointed. But she said it's all just a part of her learning, and yeah, uh, and she'll be better for it. Which I thought for her age is phenomenal. I mean, I've got girls her age that if they don't get a point anything PB, they get out and you find them in the warm in the swim down pool with a few tears in their eyes. So for her on the biggest stage to be that composed and mature, um, certainly to the public eye anyway. We don't know what you know behind the scenes if there was a bit of a a moment but um yeah that's maturity beyond her years i think so um she's definitely going to be bouncing back 
in a year's time for sure. Um, mate, the 200 freestyle, and I'm not going in order here because I think I've, uh, Leon Marchand's was next, but the 200 freestyle, what a race that was. I think that was a closer race in, in the end than the 400 when you've got sort of the 100 girls coming up to the 200, the 400 girls coming down. In the end, Molly O'Callaghan finishing like a freight train, 152.85. That must have impressed you. Oh, yeah, a fantastic record to get. Um, and uh, I don't know if you saw um, Pellegrini posted a um, – you saw, you saw that? I, yeah. I thought that was quite cool. Uh, we all knew Pellegrini was a cool chick and uh, that only uh, backed all that, that up. Brant Best must have liked that. Uh, <laughs> he was a Pellegrini fan. Um, but uh, the uh, – yeah, I, I actually thought that was the race. Of the the meet, um, the women's two hundred free. I thought the women's one hundred free was very very good. Um, uh, I, I love the way Siobhan took it to Molly, um, and I think that was the way to race her. Um, and um, uh, but the, yeah, the women's two hundred free was you know that was yeah an awesome world record to get. It's an awesome time. Uh, it was a close race. Both athletes uh, performing at their best. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Ariane does. I mean, I think I haven't seen the footy, uh, the stats, but I would think um, she outswum Molly, um, but Molly outturned her. So, uh, but that's just me eyeballing it and guessing. So, mm. it'd be nice to see what the actual results are. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it was a, a great swim from from Ariane as well. You could see she was disappointed at the end because she thought she'd probably really put together her best race at that at that moment. But it, as you said, I think Molly just outturned her. And um, you've got to give credit to Molly um, in terms of the way she races because we see so often, and, and, you know, my athletes aren't at that level, but I see it a lot in mine and all the coaches that are listening would see this, that there's a difference between feeling comfortable and going through your race plan that we've talked about and then being on a bigger stage and sticking to that race plan and not being sort of uh, egged on to maybe get out of your comfort zone a little bit and change the plan, which you've, you know, has worked for you for so long. Um, Molly, you know, watches these girls go out. I think she turns in the end, you know, I think she came up a little bit, but in the hundred, I think she turned seventh. So she, she certainly is very, very confident. Uh, in the way she does it, which sounds easy to say, but if you're swimming and you look up and you see the the other swimmers away from you, it's still got to there's got to be a, an element of um, you know confidence to to sort of dig in and go no no all right let him go I'll I'll catch him on the way back. Um, yeah, but you got to just—I don't know if it's confidence. I think you just got to stick to your own plan. You know, like. Yeah, but don't you have to be confident in your plan? Well, yeah, but there's no other way that Molly can actually race it. Um, so, of course, and everybody's got to be. Yeah, Siobhan had to be confident in her plans. Um, you know, she turned seventh. Um, uh, I think Kyle turned seventh as well. Yep. Um, Jody turned sixth at the Olympics. 
you know, that's just the way those types of people need to race. It's when they stop racing that way that's, uh, you know, and obviously their opposition don't want them to race that way. So their opposition to try and force a mistake. Um, so I think, that, you know, I suppose you're right in saying confidence, but it's just about sticking to your race plan, you know, mm. and um, staying in the moment, you know. If, they, they, if they're thinking about any athlete who's, who's thinking about the result won't stick to their race plan. So uh, I think the, the thing that's the execution and the value in that execution was the fact that they those athletes, they stayed in the moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I guess just tying that back to, you know, Summer McIntosh's 400 free where maybe – uh, she was a little bit out of her comfort zone. Maybe the pressure was there. Maybe she didn't execute something just quite right. Uh, maybe she's a bit off that day. I'm not too sure, but I, I guess that's sort of where I'm relating it to in terms of sticking to your race plan and not changing too much. Um, the next two world records, super quick, uh, are the 50s. Uh, we saw Sarah Showstrom. Is not She's just not the greatest um, female sprinter, I think, especially for 50s. And now the way she's big, she's strong. She's even her fly was phenomenal. Um, twenty three six one. Um, I know you're a big Sarah fan. You must have liked that. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I've known Sarah must be fifteen years now. You know, um, I've had swimmers that go up against her, um, and. Uh, She's she's got all, all the attributes that you'd want in an athlete, you know. Um, her range is 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 fantastic. Her technique is awesome, you know. Um, she's got she's got range all over the park, you know. Her um, her arms, her feet, just fantastic. Um, I think I can't remember if I was up. Up in Scandinavia when I heard this, or um, but I, someone was telling me that Sostrom means water or something like that. There's some affiliation with the, their name and water. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, she's like like at that age to, to break that world record, her own world record. Uh, when when was, when was that set? Would that record be four, four six years old? Yeah, I don't think it's yeah, it's it's not a recent one. So at, at least, at yeah. least I don't have it in front of me. I've got a lot of other data in front of me. That's not one of them. Thank you for throwing that one at me. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's not a long, long-standing one. But I, I don't think it's uh, in the last year or so. So, and she dominated just, the field, didn't she? I mean, oh, both yeah. both men and women's. Uh, yeah, the winners dominated. There was a few yeah. races like that, and you know, yeah, we'll get to that margin. Oh. Yeah, well, now we'll, we'll get to Ruta um, Meliotite, and I don't know. Back when I started watching her swim, I'm sure they said Meliotite, but now they say Meliotite. I love when people well, start know. changing all the... I just call her Ruta. Ruta, <laughs> yeah. I just don't... Well, as you can see, the football players too, they've got a name, I get used to it, and then all of a sudden the commentator changes how they pronounce their name, then they pronounce it a different way. My goodness. Anyway. Melutite, because I can't say Melutite now because all the other commentators say Ruta Melutite. But um, talking about dominance. Yeah. Uh, she was I actually, I thought she was going to really give that 100 uh, world record 
That's shake. And I think if she, you know, I, I'm not only guessing here, but I think she's probably just trained for the 50. I think um, she went out in the semifinals better. She was out in 19 strokes with 29.7. She um, looked to pull up in, in that semi and just coast in. She only took 21 strokes back. Uh, and at that point, I thought, wow, she is going to give this thing a right old nudge. And she she was just half a stroke too many through the first 25. She was one stroke too many at the 50. It was still the same time, 29.79, uh, I think. Um, and, and yeah, I think once you go 4.6 and won it by a landslide. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I'll tell you, Oh, uh, you know, if, if she put a mind to it, um, I think she could break that world record in the 100. Yeah, well, it's going to take a, just based off watching over that week, it's going to take a, an almighty performance from another female breaststroker coming through over the next 12 months to, to lift to improve because she she's very, very dominant. Well, uh, one of the things I noticed with that um, – yeah, and you know, she had that world record in 2013. Mm. Uh, so she's she's been there um, before. It, you know, marvelous um, comeback story, really. Um, technically, she's very, very good. Um, Gee, she the, looks strong. Well, she's always been strong. You know, she was. You know, she was 15 Olympic champion, um, mm. and um, the uh, and technically. Technically, I've always liked her. I think she was by far technically the best in the field. Um, what surprised me was just how poor the 100 was uh, in relation to the speed of the 50. Um, you know, 5.9 was on the dais, uh, and those there was a lot of girls under 30 seconds. Um, you know, so... That's it's actually quite poor swimming, um, to be honest. If you can go twenty nine, you should be, you should be in the fours without question. Yeah. So, um, you know, but that yeah, that aside, I think the, the standard of the fifty was except exceptional. Uh, there just wasn't much conversion, um, and the two hundred, yeah, the two hundred was it was all right, so. Yeah. Um, what do you put that down to, Shannon? In terms, so technically, just not efficient enough on the front end um, to be able to bring it back. Are they just, as we said before, just spinning their wheels and and forcing just, it out to just not holding their lines? Yeah, and I, I think you know, I think the consistency of female breaststroke of the last, you know, since Tokyo has just been all over the shop. I mean, you, you know, you've got people who one minute they can go under 220, the next minute they can't break 222, 223. Um, so, and the 100's been all over the shop as well, you know, when you look at rankings over the last couple of years. So I don't know if it's, um, you know, they're taking sabbaticals or, uh, you know, they're just not in shape or... Yeah, you know, I'd have to have a look at the data more, but I, I just yeah, beg his belief that you can be that up and down. Yeah. No, it's interesting. As you said, if you can get out uh, that quick, why are you 
coming back and, and as you said, maybe it could be could be a whole range of things. Maybe they're not at that stage of their preparation. And we don't know what goes into the world champs preparations. If pardon me, if any of these swimmers weren't, you know, fully ready for it, if it was just a step in the in the long term plan of the the Olympic Games and obviously it's something that they prioritize, but they always knew they might not be at their very best there and they're just gonna have a hit out. Who knows? Um, but if you want to talk about breaststroke, Shannon, there's a man from China that was we talk about dominant. Fifty, yeah. hundred, and then a two hundred world record, just in case you thought he was only a fifty sprinter. The two hundred world record, um, Chen from China. Um I I nearly put and we've got questions coming up later in terms of swimmer of the meat. Um I nearly put him as swimmer of the meat just in terms of how dominant he was because his skill areas were good. But when it came to just genuine breaststroke, stroke for stroke, there wasn't really anyone that could match him in terms of technique and power. Like he, he just looked flags to flags. He looked like you could put anyone there this week, In I'm saying, like not every time, but this week, no one was touching Chin. Nah. And a little birdie. I'm uh, not, not sure if this – I don't know if this is true, but um, – A little birdie. <laughs> a little birdie told me Dave Marsh is coaching him. Is that right? Mm. So Dave um, – we've former, had Dave on the podcast. Yeah, former guest uh, of the podcast. Yes, yeah. one of our favourites. Congratulations, Dave. It's, um and then I he think does he, listen. To, he actually listens to ours. We always joke no one listens, but I know David Marsh does listen. Well, yeah, and yeah, Dave's got a long history of um, producing breaststrokers, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, you either can coach breaststroke or you can't. And um, you know, he, Dave's done a great job. He knows the stroke, um, and I, I, I thought he looked technically the best male breaststroker I've seen for a long time. Like, like he was impressive in the uh, in, in those shorter races because he wasn't stroking as fast as, as some of his opposition. I thought this guy's swimming fast and efficient. And then, all right, he's in the two hundred. Okay, mm, mm. So I've never seen this guy before, right? Yeah. And the way he swam that semi, and then his reaction in that semi. And he was, you know, giving, uh, I think, uh, Zach a bit of a pat and, you know, going, good job, good job. Well, that's what it looked like on TV. Mm. Um, he said good job. The next minute he's up on the lane rope right in front of him flexing. So, <laughs> no, well, no, this was in the semi. You know? Oh, in the semi, you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he's just gone 2-7. And I'm yeah. thinking, he's very confident. <laughs> he's... <laughs> You know, unless he was asking which way to the toilet. Um, <laughs> you know, hmm. And he swam that very efficient as well. Uh, so I, I didn't know if he was going to be able to beat Zach, but I knew he was going to swim fast than two seven. Um, and then, well, he just he just put it on. And again, he the right strategy to race uh, someone like Zach put him under pressure. I've seen some of the stats with Zach um, and, uh, you know, he was a bit rushed at the end of his race um, and uh, couldn't catch him. Yeah, so, uh, but, you know, I'll tell you what, oof, 
If you're going to beat him, you better bring your A game next year. Yeah, two oh five four eight, um, and yeah, as I said, he was just he was flying. He, yeah. he was flying, and technically um, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I love watching good breaststroke. Repeat, good breaststroke. I love watching good breaststroke when it's when it looks good. It can be done so badly, breaststroke, yeah. that that it's like oh, like. I think it's really funny. I've seen some very good swimmers try to do breaststroke and they always look really serious. And I'm just in fits of laughter because if I was that bad at breaststroke, I'd be just playing it up, you know. They look really look like they're concentrating. I think James Roberts is the worst breaststroker I've ever seen who's been such a good swimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a brilliant freestyler, James. Yeah. But he used to look like he was trying so hard and so serious with his breaststroke, you know. Yeah. to crack me up all the time. <laughs> but, um, great breaststroke. It's just poetry, you know. Mm. Yeah, well, and, and you hit the nail on the head in terms of Zach. We know uh, typically a slower starter, even just off the blocks in the first 50, he's always gives the commentators because some, of, especially if they don't know Zach's races and never seen him before, all of a sudden they you know, you think, well, oh, Zach's a bit far behind here. He's going to have a bit of work to do. And he always catches them up. But as you said, I, I think – the fact that Chin was just so fast, um, Zach would have realised at a certain point in that race. Oh, oh, I think uh, I think old mate Chin's flying a bit too quick here. And you know, I I put on Instagram um, for Zach because obviously silver medal, the world champs, but he's the Olympic champion. He's going to be trying to defend that next year. That um, a silver medal uh, to Chin and to a world record isn't a disappointment. It's a twelve month challenge. So. That's yeah. what Zach's got ahead of him now to to see if he can improve his two hundred to you know still let Chin go out and still catch him. I'm sure Zach's not going to change his game plan, but he's going to have to improve in certain areas to to not let uh, Chin get too far away. And and that's between Zach and and his coach to come up with that master plan. Now I've left the last one, uh, Leon Marchand, which was probably the biggest world record that we saw or one of the biggest world records we saw over the week Shannon because it was the longest standing so 4025 um the great Michael Phelps it was held by and he was there in commentary um and and got gave got up and, and gave it his standing ovation to Leon as well and I thought it was a really nice touch that he got to present the medal um, yeah very good to yeah. Leon as well and um what year just, was that from what year? was standing like? What did they say? Was it two thousand and? Oh, you've put me on the spot. I don't want to be wrong. I'm so are we talking? I'm feeling David Clark vibes now with the stats guru. He doesn't like being put on the spot. Doesn't want to get it wrong. I'm. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, well, oh, it was definitely nine. So are they saying it was before oh nine? Is it? Was it a Beijing? Yeah. What was the world record? Was it four oh three? Yeah. Yeah, I think he might have done that in Beijing then. It was. They said it was the longest standing, so it was definitely before oh nine. Oh well, yeah. So, um, plus he didn't wear the suit, did he? So in Beijing. No, in Rome. Yeah, no, he didn't. No. no. So, uh, but it, yeah, it was a great touch, and I, I think for everyone that was watching, when you saw his hundred breaststroke, you knew it was on because um, I love I love Michael Phelps, but he was never that good at breaststroke, and he was flying. 
He was yeah. flying. So um, you knew it was on at that point. And his skills, my God, still even just as I said it, I had flashbacks to watching it. 15 to the dot off that last turn, even though everything in his body would have been, you know, aching and firing and, and he, he would have been, you know, just looking, just get me to the end. But he still pushed 15 off the last wall. Um, I, I know just recently in the, the, the camp that was held down at the AIS, I think one of the key things that both the Queensland and New South Wales teams were talking about, Shannon, was skill areas through that week. And, I mean, if this wasn't a, a great um, showing an example of what great skills can do, I don't know what does. But, yeah, what did you think of that race? I'll stop talking now and let the, let the expert take over. Well, I mean – what I remember of the race, and it was like the first night, wasn't it? Um, he was right on world record line for the first 200. And then have you ever seen the world record line disappear into the distance <laughs> the wrong way <laughs> or the right way yeah. or um, the breaky, the wrong way for the holder? <laughs> but he just he just swam away from that red line, didn't he? Like I've never seen that red line move. <laughs> like that so um and it was just all over wasn't it uh once he finished with 100 to go uh yeah i think the line started catching a little bit um in uh, with in that first 50 of the 100 like when i say catching not to the point where we're like oh oh but it was catching up and then he hit that last turn and he moved away from it again and you're like god that's good that's that's just impressive. It was, um, and it was his. I thought it was a historic swim because it was. You, I don't know if you're gonna, other than him doing it again, I don't know if you're gonna see a swim put together like that uh, in that yeah. race again. Yeah, massive effort. Um, what did he end up with? Uh, did he win the two hundred fly in the end? Yeah, yeah, he got three gold medals because he won the two hundred IM as well, and obviously he didn't swim the two hundred breaststroke, which he was. Um, Ranked highly. I mean, looking at it now with Chin going 205, it might have been a smart decision because although he would have been in in the conversation. Uh, well, the yeah, he, he trains in the US. If our, if our, uh, if our little birdies. <laughs> Sound like we're on Game of Thrones well, now, Shannon, with your, with your little birds flying around and bringing back information. Yeah, those, <laughs> those crows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What, no, what are they? Uh, they're not crows. They're um... ravens. Ravens, yeah. Send they're the bigger. raven. We're going to send yeah. the ravens. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, Bob would have gone over and, you know, Dave, you know, what do you think your boy's going to go? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I think your breaststroke, it's going good. Don't get, don't be offended. Yeah. This is a good time. <laughs> yeah. But interesting of that triple A, like I think summer, they're the three events summer, uh, you know, must be looking at and should be looking at. So uh and I think if I nineteen ninety-two, if I'm correct, Summer Sanders, um same first name, but she won the two hundred, four hundred, two hundred fly triple. So yeah. um yeah. Yeah, there might be something in that. I, I think they'll definitely look at that going into the world into a, a Paris and obviously for Leon um, it, it's a home games as well. So there's, there might be a little bit of added temptation to add, you know, maybe that 200 in there just to, to get the medal tally 
Um, because I, I think he would have been in the medals. I just don't think he was going to go. Well, I don't know. Look, Leon Marchand had a great week, so who knows what he was capable of. But Chen was, I don't know. He looked pretty dominant. I don't know if anyone was going to beat him. So no. might might have been a great um, great move there by the master coach Bob Bowman. Um, which I've got it actually. I'm going to write that down. There's another question I want to ask you now. Just got my brain. Sorry, guys. Just. Always on the always, my brain is ticking. Um, now we've got some questions here, Shannon, that I wanted to throw at you. Uh, first one is, I'll, I'll put my glasses on, so I'm a bit smarter. <laughs> first one. Now you might not want to divulge this information. I, I don't know how much you want to give away. Lane one. Is there a theory behind lane one? Because we saw a lot of lane one Smokies. Lane one, I don't know when the word smokers came out. All of a sudden people are going, lane one smokers. What does that mean? Are they getting outside and getting a pack of Winnie yeah, Blues? Well, yeah. I say smoky, outside smoky. I don't know where the smoker part came from. But anyway, lane one, we saw a lot. We saw a lot come out of the woodworks. Um, Grosset, I think, was in lane one a couple of times. There's a few others that did a great job. We've touched on it before here on the podcast, but do you think that theory held up a little bit at these world champs as well, that there's a bit of a – there might be a little bit of something in lane one? Yep. Yeah, it was just happening a bit too often. I'd like to talk to Ben Titley about this. He would have been all <laughs> over it. Like a rat. Uh, but uh, there was something, something going on in those outside lanes. And, look, for those that don't know – it's it's been a good decade uh, of uh, those drop-in pools. Uh, there are issues uh, with current flow in those drop-in pools, uh, and they um, the outside lanes uh, have a little uh, currents. The water uh, is quite neutral in the middle, um, but yeah, um, but. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you've got to be at the meet. They're, they're the things that are going on and on pool deck and chats and stuff like that. Mm. So, But it, it happened a lot, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw it a lot. And it's to take nothing away from the athletes that performed in lane one. Like, you know, we saw some great performances and we're not saying that they were aided in a great way, um, but it might have just been that little, that little current. But we saw it a lot. We saw it plenty. Of, even in semis, we saw someone in lane one qualify through second or third fastest to the final when they were yeah. out in lane one in a semi. So, uh, and then, you know, finish out of the medals in the final. So I'm just, I'm just saying there, there might be something in there, Shannon, that. Um, yeah. And lane eight, there's quite a few medalists came from lane eight as well. So. See, there you go. You heard it here first on the channel. We don't have the data that to back this up. If we're purely speculating, we'd like, we'd like to get the data, well, but are they ever actually going to give it to you? Are they ever actually going to let you do a, a bit of testing on it? Probably not. No, but there was. Uh, it, it, it's real. It's not just a conspiracy theory here. Like, <laughs> if I had, if I, I wanted, I wanted to have like music to do 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 do. In Rio, Rio, uh, the the big gaps between the races was so that the water would become completely still. Still. Yeah, and there was. Um, you know, there was people talking even then, and I, I'm not sure they had it 100 percent right in in uh, in Rio. So. Mm. No, well, 
There you go. No, there you go. We're on it. We're all over it here on the Shannon Rollison podcast. Now, number two, uh, the swimming bunker. Now we we saw we saw um, some backstage footage of of the seven or eight people back there with their computers. Um, I didn't see it as much towards the end of the week as much as the beginning. So I don't know whether someone got in someone's ear and said, "Oi, oi, let's um, let's not slow this process down." Uh, it wasn't me, but whoever did it, thank thank the Lord, because uh, it was starting to annoy the sh- out of me. There was a swimming bunker. They were getting involved. Every every race was under review. Uh, I think I said on the podcast last week that next minute KFC will be uh, sponsoring that little line underneath and next minute it'll take off. But they did back off it. What do you think of the swimming bunker, Shannon? You sort of brought it to light when you're talking about the breaststroke kick at the US trials. We saw it really obviously play out with Kaylee McEwen's DQ and the IM and the back to breast turn. Uh, which, you know, take your pick whether you think she probably should have been or shouldn't have been. I think it was fairly 50-50, but then we saw uh, the US girl obviously allowed to go through. She medals, and her turn was clearly, clearly uh, way worse than, than Kaylee. So yeah. what do you think, Shannon, the swimming bunker? Well, in that instance that you just brought up then, <laughs> massive. Massive problem. Um, you know, they want to go with the footage. Okay, well, if that's the way you want to go, better not get it wrong. And they got it wrong. So um, they've got some work to do. Uh, I certainly don't want it um, ending up like the footy on a Friday night where you, you score a try and you've got to wait three minutes before you can celebrate. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I feel like it's going to. I feel like yeah. if you let it creep in. It's going to, as yeah, probably right. As a species, humans have shown. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> humans have shown that they never learn. They continue to make the same mistakes over and over again, even though they know what should and shouldn't happen. They still do it. In my opinion, we should go back. They used to always do um, protests and things like that. It can be used in that area so if if for example kaylee did a turn and someone from the u.s team didn't think what that and they want to put a protest in against something like that they can check it maybe after i don't know i think you've got to go out of your way to really do it not just every race sit back and run a fine tooth comb over all the i just think phil gould says it best on his podcast if it's a try it's a try if you can if it's a try on the weekend at your local footy meet then it's a try in the NRL, and I think it's the same with swimming. If it's a DQ, it's a DQ. You can see it on a Saturday at at, at the ACT Champs, or you can see it there. Um, yeah. I think, you know, if, if someone wants to put forward a protest about it, as we talked about with Phil Rogers and Jimmy Piper, okay, maybe it can come into effect there. But if, if no one's putting anything forward, roll on. You got something to say, say it. Otherwise, we move on because otherwise it's going to – Mate, it's just going to drag out. It's going to happen. I can already tell you. I, can, I just know how we work as humans. It's going to happen. World Champs brought to you by KFC. This is now under review. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I think you're probably right. I think swimming's made some bad calls in the last period of uh, rules that have only made it uh, ridiculous, really. You know, the whole backstroke foot out of the water finish. And, and nine times out of ten, yeah, you, you, know, you call it for what it is. Um, 
and eventually they get rid of the rule. You know, the butterfly, you've got to have something out of the water when you hit the wall, you know, because, you know, Ryan Lotke does something and get, you know, every swimmer in the world then has to change the rule. Uh, and it's just ridiculous. How many 10-year-old kids have been disqualified at New South Wales Championships um, and you try and explain it to them, you know, they're, they're flat out making it, you know, to the end. Mm. Uh, you know, they're a bit buggered. They glide into the wall and they get DQ'd for it, you know. Uh, rules like that, they're making a rod for their own back and then you've got this backstroke to breaststroke turn and the subjectivity of it ends up with with uh, exactly, you know, the case in point where um, Kaylee gets DQ'd and the girl beside her, not three lanes over, the girl absolutely beside her gets through and and it's you know, a worse yeah. turn. So whether they're going to have to change that rule, um, they probably should. I think they might. I think they might just go to you can turn over. Uh, yeah, I, and I think they need – what I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more of is, you know, some of the close-up footage of some of those 50-metre breaststroke events. Uh, not sure everyone had their toes out. It looked like there was a couple of uh, dolphin kick actions going on. Oh, so, yeah. Um, we're bringing it We're bringing it in, baby. The new stroke, breaststroke with fly kick. Shannon loved it last time, remember? I've made a campaign. Now we're starting to see it already. Breaststroke with fly kick. Not 200 either, just 50s. Just 50s. <laughs> just fast stuff. That's what the people want to see. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe that's why there was a lot of 29s and no conversion. I went 29 for the 50 and 1083 mm. for the 100. You might be onto something, Shannon. You might be onto something. And for anyone who doesn't know why I just said that I was um, pushing Shannon's buttons because last week I was trying to advocate for a new stroke to be introduced, which Shannon was adamantly against. And it amused me that he was so against it. So I'm going to try and keep pushing those buttons. Um, the next one I've got on the agenda, Shannon, is, is um, I, I guess, surprising performances. I don't want to use the word disappointing because everything – I'm sure they were disappointed, but, you know, it, there's always ebbs and flows. And I put something on social media this week in terms of a graph where your best can be at any point. You know, your best is – it's always your best. Um, so they obviously tried their best, but they just didn't execute it. But surprising performances in terms of not getting what they're after. Obviously, David Popovich uh, in the 100 and the 200. Uh, Summer McIntosh um, in the 400, obviously, and then – you know the the two hundred as well. Um, obviously, she got the she got the chockers in in other races. But would, did these races surprise you? Have you seen these things over the years? No doubt, with juniors talent coming through that have you know got a lot of um, carrying a lot of weight on their shoulders and a lot of expectations, and and their tires have been pumped right up to the point where you know if they don't win. As I said, it, it's looked at as, as a disappointment. I know certainly on some of the commentary, as soon as Popovich and Summer were in, it was almost like, oh, look out, here they go. And then when it didn't happen, it was like, oh, let's, you know, what, what's happening here? What, what's your thought on their performances? And then, as I said, have you seen this before in your time of coaching? And do you see it sort of coming back around in 12 months to, to even five years' time where they're a bit more mature? Yeah, I, I think... Um, 
both swimmers you mentioned there are, are, are very young, you know, so um, uh, it's not all that surprising. Um, I, I thought Popovich, I thought he looked a bit gaunt, um, a bit underweight, uh, but but I don't know, you know, because I haven't seen him that much. Um, mm. uh, Summer, I mean, she ended up fine, really. You know, she won, what, how many gold medals did she win? The 400 AM, the 200 fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a couple. Yeah, and I think if she had gone in the 200 AM, I think she would have won that, you know. Mm. So, you know. I think in the end she had a bit of a uh, a blip on the radar and then she got on with it and, and away she went. So I think uh, more so because she was the world record holder though too and then she didn't even get near it in that race was probably what sort of yeah piqued people's interest. Where was she in that 200 free? Third? In the 200 free, yeah, but I'm, I'm more yeah. mean the 400, yeah. So, you know, so she came away with a bag full of medals. So I think um, it could have been better, but it could have been much worse. I think I think Popovich was the the swimmer uh, who uh, probably performed. Yeah, you know, he came away with nothing, didn't he? So, mm. yeah, it's it's always one of those um, things. I think too, when you you know promote yourself and you're being promoted as this um, phenomenon in swimming, and you're sort of getting around it and flexing about it, and then you know it's always going to happen. Then when these days come, because they come for everyone, so. Um, it's probably not something that we like to see in, in, in the Australian swim team. Although in saying that, we did see some flexes uh, from some of the Australian swim team this World Championship. So it's not always a, something that the Aussie public do like to see, do they? They're sort of like their stars to be humble and sort of the kid next door that you think, you know, oh, my daughter could be like that, you know, versus the showboating, which we normally associate with the Americans. But as I said, with with, with Popovich and... His, his Instagram handle is Chlorine Daddy. Um, when you're sort of putting yourself out there and um, promoting yourself as that such, it sort of leaves itself open to criticism and stuff when it doesn't go your way, which is, I think, sort of what's happening, you know, post-world chance. But as I said, you know, he's such a young swimmer. Uh, he's clearly shown that he's a world record holder, so he's a phenomenon in terms of talent. He's an outlier. So it's, I guess it's a matter of him going back with his coaching team and, assessing what went wrong as i said and and you know this better than anyone with your with the media playing off and throwing off sometimes no one knows what's happened coming into a a world champs and you know they're never going to tell us but maybe it's something that was going on behind the scenes as well so yeah. um interesting though but yeah definitely there was a few sort of um, shock performances let's call it that now Another one, and and for all our US uh, audience out there, this is not to upset you, but um, the US girls, Shannon, especially, and I, I did, I don't want to just blame it on the girls because there was a few um, of the of the men team as well. But I don't know, I just not finishing their races off, always looking like a winner out on the first fifty or the first hundred, but not finishing the races. Is this something that you've seen? Um, did you see it that way as well? Is this something that we've seen in the in the past? I, I don't know. I just I just seemed to be a trend that uh, you know the girls were always out there, um, but just not finishing the races off. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't want to say too much. You know, I poke the bear. But, <laughs> uh, um, you know, 
the last, what, 20 years has been a big rivalry between Australian females and the US females. And I think, you know, the Australian female part of the swim team should be applauded, you know, uh, not just the current one, but like I say, going back 20 years, that they have been right at the top, if not the top, um, as a as a female team um, for 20 years now, you know, just dominate, just absolutely dominated uh, the freestyle relays, mm. uh, the four by one in particular. I think the US, uh, yeah, whether it's just the current group they've got and that's the way they're swimming, but I think there's there's quite a bit of improvement to be made if they just swam it a little bit different. Let's leave it at that and hope they don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think we're bigger in England than we are in America, so we, we might be okay. Um, Cam McAvoy's Aussie record, 2106. Um <laughs> Yeah, so he's got both now, eh? Yeah. He's the record holder for the 100 as well still. So. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, no, 100%. And 21-1-9, Ash Callis had the record, which I think stood since 2009 or something like yeah. that, like it was a while ago. So uh, it was it was a great swim, it dominant, as we talked about in some of the other races, which was uh, you don't always say that in a 50-metre sprint, do you? It's usually throw a blanket over them and who can get their, their you know, execute their skills. But... Uh, he, he was dominant. Um, uh, great to see for Cam, obviously someone who's been around the Australian swim team for a while now and are still proving that he can do it. Um, as someone who loves fast racing, Shannon, and fast freestyle, how'd you see that one? Well, it was world-class, wasn't it? Uh, 21-0 is fantastic, you know. Um, uh, I think, yeah, someone said to me, uh during the year he went 21.8 and you know in work and that but 21.8 is not super fast i mean it's fast but you know 21.8 there's two blokes in the 80s doing 21.8 so mm. um but 21.0 is is the real deal isn't it it's, it's super quick um i'm not sure if it's in the top 10 all the time but it can't be far off if it's not it can't be far off um and he, he just made everyone else look like a bunch of hacks, a bunch of school kids. <laughs> I mean, who who wins by that margin? Yeah. You know? Um, he was just a whole nother level. And, and he's been a great swimmer, hasn't he? Everybody yeah. in the technically swimmer. He was just technically way better than everyone else in the race. Mm. I tell you what, he's got Caleb Dressel wondering about this next twelve months, and obviously Dressel's got a. Uh, a different road ahead over the next 12 months, um, given what we saw of him at trials and how he's sort of come back slowly and obviously didn't um, compete at the World Championships and didn't qualify. But, um, yeah, the, the next 12 months for Cam will be exciting. You know, is can he get any quicker than this? Obviously, that's going to be his aim. And uh, if he can, geez, for, for Australian sprinting, that's pretty exciting to, to have a guy going 20, 20 point. Yeah, and then you've got Kyle, you know, so you've got what I like about that is you've got two different people um, winning sprint racing. So it uh, bodes well for our depth. Men won the four by one, which is never easy. Um, so, you know, things are looking pretty good. 
Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, the next one I've got for you, Shannon, is Dean Boxall's coaching performance. And before I um, uh, before I throw it over to you, I just wanted to, to mention it to you this way. So uh, Dean Boxall, I think, had 10 swimmers, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, and if I miss anyone, yeah. I do apologise. I know there was um, Eve Thomas from the New Zealand team who did a, a great job as well. She trains with him. But... Of the swimmers, um, Shana Jack, silver medal in the 50 free. Molly O'Callaghan, gold in the 100 free. Molly O'Callaghan, gold <clears throat> in the 200 free, world record, Ariane Silver. Ariane, gold in the 400 free, world record, Ariane uh, bronze in the 800. Jenna Forrester, loved this race as well, by the way. Jenna Forrester, bronze in the 400 IM. Obviously, uh, with the relay success as well, because we had... Um, Brianna Throssell uh, and Kia Melton, uh, Abby Harkin, um, uh, who, who did really well over there, Abby, in her breaststroke, and she was a part of the medley relay that won silver. Uh, and Jack Cartwright and Kai Taylor, uh, Elijah Winnington also got medals from their relay swims as well. And then obviously the other girls were a part of those world record relays. Um, I don't know, I don't remember one of the last times, Shannon, that a coach had that many swimmers over there come back all with hard, just with medals around their neck, whether they're a part of relay teams or, or individually, obviously the world records as well. Balancing all the different um, personalities, um, physiologically balancing all of those. You've got um, Ariana, some of the distance girls, and then you've got Molly and some of the speed girls and boys obviously coming up and he's balancing all of that. Um, just one of the best coaching performances I think we've seen for a very, very long time. I think in any sport, I don't want to pump his tyres up too much. I don't think Dean Boxall needs Robbie Cox pumping up his tyres. I think he knows the job he's done. But um, as someone from your perspective, because, you know, the reason I wanted to throw this to you is you've been there with a, a good bunch of swimmers who go away and all come back, you know, with success. Um, you must have been pretty proud to see this of Dean. Uh, and then give us an insight into actually, you know, how hard is it to to try and get everybody? Because you always want as a coach, right? We go away on teams and we just had ACT champs and I always want all my swimmers performing. Inevitably, it doesn't always happen that way. He managed to bring everybody back with some success, however you gauge that, but they've got medals around their, their neck. Talk to me from your perspective uh, what you saw of Dean's performance and and the you know sort of behind the scenes that goes into that. Well, it's I think it's the the absolute best swimming coach performance ever. Period. <laughs> I, I I can't uh, rack my head and think of anything anyone anybody else like just unbelievable. Um, the so you know I, I sent two messages. Uh, I don't have Dean's number, um, but I've known Dean since I was, you know, young. Um, we trained together and stuff like that. Uh, and I sent two messages through two people, and um, <laughs> obviously from what he said to you when we were chatting before um, we came on air, both those messages didn't get through to him. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I'll um, I'll endeavour to to speak to Dean, but I just yeah, I, 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 
I've just sent it over to you now. There you go. <laughs> I think the, yeah, the best performance, coaching performance ever. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know how anyone's going to, in any sport's going to top him for coach of the year. Um, so extremely difficult, just logistically. Now, I don't know what the setup was like there, um, but logistically it's a nightmare trying to get to all your athletes when people are in the pool racing and people are warming up. Now, I know Dean didn't have his assistant there with him, which I probably thought would have been a good argument for that case um, for that to happen. So I, I don't know uh, if he was – I would only imagine someone had to be helping. Um, mm. But even, even in that – uh, if you're not there watching um, and you know that those swimmers, because you've prepared them for so long, it's not just 12 months, um, the little, little idiosyncrasies that you can pick up on and, and you get an opportunity, you see something, you, have, you can say something. If you're not there to see it, you can't say it. Uh, and then the gun goes and you wish you had more time. Um but obviously, uh, none of that sort of happened. Everyone performed, um, and it's just a very, very hard thing to do. Yeah, well, it, it, that's what I mean. You know, I, I sort of bring it to you because, um, you know, we as as developing coaches all sort of try and balance this thing out on a weekend basis. But this is this is at the highest, most elite level, uh, and Dean's doing it. You know. Um, with, with 10 of his athletes and even more with, with some other um, swimmers racing for other countries as well. And you can tell how much he puts into it, how much obviously detail and, and, and how much he, he works on every swimmer's individual plans and, um, and, and keeping it very individual. And that's why I guess I marvel at it more from a coaching perspective, how much that must take out of him. Like, as I said, he, um, in his message to me, um, one of the things was I'm, I'm feeling tired. So, um, you know, obviously after that week. He'll uh, be it, so drained. Yeah. And he doesn't strike me as someone who's probably going to go on a big holiday anyway. He probably strikes me as someone who has, you know, a morning off or something and he's like, all right, I'm back. Let's let's have a coffee and let's, let's plan our next um, challenge. But, yeah, you could just imagine the drain um, and the highs and, you know how many world records he rode, um, and he rides he rides him like a winner on at Randwick on a on a Saturday afternoon when you when you've had a hundred on it. You know he he rides it, so he he goes on that wave, and uh, it can only take it out of you. So um, I think as you do, and as I said, you're probably more qualified to to speak on it. But just a phenomenal coaching performance, and congratulations to him, uh, to his coaching team at St Peter's, to all the swimmers. Um, you know, we, we've seen some great coaching performances before. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, obviously, um, Bowley does a fantastic job and we saw Kaylee McEwen, three gold medals, um, as I said, and even, you know, going back with yourself in the past and coming back with, with success, but to do it with 10 athletes, uh, and everybody coming back with success in, in some way, you know, some people might say, oh, um, Elijah might not have swam that well, but I mean, he's still a part of a a team that um, won, you know, uh, got up on the dais. And the, so everyone performed in their own way. So, look, congratulations, as I said, to all the athletes, to the coaching team, to the club itself. Uh, phenomenal job. 
And I know there's a push, Shannon, out there to make Dean the highest paid coach, uh, you know, going around because I don't know, for some reason, I don't know. I'm sure nobody knows how much Dean gets paid, but whatever it is, there's a push uh, from other podcasts. Let's just say Brett Hawke's podcast. I'd like to mention uh, op- op- uh, um, op- opposition, sorry, podcast on ours, but I, I can't disagree with that, uh, with the performances that he's putting together. I think he deserves um, everything that comes his way, Mr. Dean Boxall. So congratulations to Dean and his team. Um, mate, my last one. Well, on uh, that subject, yep, Robert, yeah, I, I actually said uh, to Drew and Barry and Brant, we were all on a on a uh, what are those group chat type thing. Yeah, yeah, we on WhatsApp or something. <clears throat> I said whatever. I don't know what Dean's getting paid, but whatever it is, they should double it. Yeah. Um, and if there's, I, I was silly uh, in my career in not maximizing performances like that. Um, yeah, I went to the AIS uh, back in the day on for seventy five grand. You know, um, yeah. you can't even get an assistant these days for seventy. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, what was it? Five gold medals or something in the Olympics. I, I, I you know. So don't make those mistakes. Um, w- when you're hot, you got to make the most of it uh, because people will forget you just as quickly. Um, and you know, if he had a, an agent, they should be putting it out all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure his kids are young. I'm not sure exactly how old his kids are, but. It's way easier to travel when your kids are young. And, um, uh, yeah, so just make the most of it. And uh, by the same token, Australia should be doing everything they can uh, to keep him. And, you know, just quietly, he he had a bit of a chat to me at trials about that sort of thing, um, going overseas and, and uh, job offers and things like that. Um so you got to take them while, while they're there. Mm. Well, hopefully, hopefully Swimming Australia or someone from Swimming Australia listens to this podcast and heard what you just said and uh, are thinking about it very, very quickly that uh, that's not something well, they, they... They should be worried. Yeah, really. that's what that, I mean. They shouldn't want that to happen. Worried. Yeah. Yeah, we're um, two Olympics away, aren't we, um, from, from uh, a home Olympics... And there's quite a lot of older coaches that will be retiring. Uh, so Dean will be the last person you, you want to lose. Um, and, you know, it, it's a tough gig. And I know, um, you know, chatting to the coaches on the weekend uh, and only yesterday morning, uh, one of the Queensland coaches was saying that they can't even fill jobs. Uh and um, in Queensland, and, and they're you know they're they're ask they're paying eighty grand. They can't they can't get people to do it. Mm. There there is a bit of an underlining problem in this country with coaching. So, um, and you know we've talked about this. You know I I've talked about you know just that stability that it's not very stable the environment at, at present. Uh, and a bit like school teachers, um, yeah, it's not attracting enough. Mm. All right. Well, 
I want to come back to that question because you've just you've, you've uh, this. I want to delve a little bit deeper into what you just said, but definitely, please, Swimming Australia, um, whoever, Gina Reinhardt, Gina, Gina. Yeah, I know you're throwing money at Swimming Queensland. Throw it at Dean too. Um, I I implore <laughs> these guys to make sure. Yeah, you're looking after the people that are are doing a great job. Uh, obviously, the hub on the Gold Coast as well. Make sure the people that are working hard and doing a really good job are getting well looked after as well. Um, you don't want them looking around going, shit, I get paid just as much as that guy that works at the at that private school. That just, yeah. you know, like it's 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 not right, especially at this level. Um, don't take what I'm saying out of context. Obviously, what Dean's doing and and Boliet and and some of these other guys at times is on a different level, right? It's just it's on a different level, and I think they should be paid for the level that they coach at. Um, too much these days, I think, is is just not not working in that way. So, Swimming Australia, get on to it, please. If Off the Blocks was rich enough, I'd do it. But you know, we're just I've got mortgages <laughs> to pay, man. I just I can't do it. But if I if I was if I was, I'd do it. Um, you you touched on something, Shannon. So I want to come back to it. So there's an underlying sort of issue going on here. What what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you feeling in terms of coaching? Uh, here in Australia, because obviously you mentioned the Gold Coast, uh, up on Queensland, sorry, but obviously to be in New South Wales as well and, and Melbourne. and uh, Well, I think you've got a lot of coaches um, that are coming towards the end of their career who are going to, you know, hang up the stopwatch. Um, and, you know, it's happened in the past, it happened in Sydney 2000, I think, you know, you had, um, you know, nearly 200 years of experience leave the pool deck all at once of, of Sydney. Now, you know, no one's irre- irreplaceable, but, uh, you know, experience does count. And the, the, there's a lot of money. There seems to be a lot of money getting around. Just not sure it's on the deck, you yeah. know. So, um um yeah I, I i was fortunate enough to be around people as a young coach and there's plenty of experience around me you know and if those if people are off the deck and they're out of the sport how are they going to pass on that experience to the next crop um the way the setup is is there's not a lot of people going overseas, is there? You know, I know we've talked about this over the last sort of three or four years. A lot of coaches in New South Wales, they've never been overseas mm. on a man Nostrum or a World Cup. And, you know, we're talking about coaches that have been coaching for a long time uh, and there's just no opportunity. And then um, I'm not going to mention names, but there was a young coach, uh, He's, you know, I say young, he's in his 30s. He's he's put um, numerous people on emerging teams. Um, and and I don't know this, but this is a story I was told yesterday. Uh, and he's he hasn't been on a single team yet. Yet he's got people on World Juniors and he's done this for a while. And uh, now I don't know if he's put five people on a team this year or it's been five people in the last couple of years. And he still hasn't been on a team yet. So, um, yeah, it's a tough gig. Mm. 
So if you we've got to make sure we're we're rewarding our uh, coaches. Um, and as as you know, coaches are saying to me, the goalposts just keep on shifting all the time. So how how do you make a team? Oh well, that just keeps on shifting. Um, so that you know, I don't think that's good for the sport. That's not. I don't think it's good for the the profession. You know, or before I started making teams, there was no hard and fast rule to make a team. Then I was fortunate that. There was, and that's how I started making teams. Um, so I started, you know, making teams. I was 23 on my first team, first yeah. senior team. Um, so, well, it was a man option. It was Australia B team, you know, and then the following year was on a tri-series, and then I was 25 on my first world championship team. Um, but there was hard and fast rules. You knew yeah. how to get there. You knew how to get on. Swimming, people like that. That's why they swim. Swimmers swim because there's no waves, right? You can't be out the back and catch a lucky wave and win. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. People who don't like, who do like that, they they swim in the surf. Mm. Um, you know, coaches as coaches, we're, we're creatures of habit, and and we we like to know what the rules are, and then then we go for it. You know, is it a matter of Shannon with with those? Um senior coaches that that you know uh, may not be thinking that they might get to 2032 is it a matter of oh not that maybe they just don't want to the day-to-day grind of it all and that sort of stuff uh, should we be doing more to try and keep them in the sport as mentors so looking at our our systems and structures to not so much um obviously keep them in but keep their their thoughts and keep their their words and around so that they're helping guide the next generation because you know they've been there they've right they've been to have many olympics and world championships and um do you think that's something that we should be looking at more does that happen enough do you think are there too many top uh elite coaches that finish and aren't sort of called upon as much as you would probably think they should be yeah it's Certainly, in the past, that's happened. There seems to be, well, the, the, yeah, it's a bit of a buzzword, isn't it? Mentorship and all that. Um, yeah, there's quite a few people in in Queensland and Swimming Australia that are in those sorts of roles, um, off off the deck roles. Um, it's a tricky one, you know, like. Uh, Sometimes if you've got too many of those roles, that can entice people to get off the deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before yeah, they're, yeah. they're ready. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because, oh, well, huh. <laughs> let's go do that. I earn an extra 60000 a year and mm. don't have to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a fine balance. So, um, but but just like in coaching, that's these managers who, who – you know, we're all on a good wicket. They need to be balancing that. Just how we all have to balance with how much time do we spend in what energy zone and how much time we devote to fitness versus skill. And you know, it's a sport of trade-offs in and out of the water. Yeah. No, hundred percent well said. And yeah, I'm glad we sort of dived into it a little bit there. Uh, obviously a lot of coaches listen to this podcast, so that's why I wanted to make sure we sort of 
um, sort of went back into that conversation um, a little bit more. And again, just one more time, Swimming Australia, someone have a look at your funds and throw some more at Dean Boxall. Now, the last one I had, what did the world champs mean for 2024 in Paris with regards to expectations and results? Now, we've been through this before here in Australia, and I'm, I'm alluding to 2012 where uh, all of a sudden everyone had a nickname, uh, everyone had a bio, a, a two-and-a-half-minute video on themselves just – flexing and showing how good they looked and how good their performances have been. And then when the performances weren't up to the standards that apparently the broadcaster and the Australian public were after, uh, well, they were pretty much thrown under a bus. So I, I would hate to think, and I'm in no way, shape or form predicting this for this Australian team, but what I what I don't want to do is is see for the next 12 months us have everyone pinned up as this is what's going to happen. I don't want medal predictions. I don't want to see a medal predictions on the front of the tele, uh, the Daily Telegraph. What, what do you think in terms of for swimming? Well, I'll get to the other countries that, in a minute, but for swimming in Australia, what did the world champs do in terms of 2024 and 12 months, do you think? Well, I think that... Like you've just touched on, that's the danger, isn't it? You know, I think we have to try and keep it real. Um, we almost have to try and make it a standalone meet. And next year's another standalone meet. Um, otherwise, this meet could really hurt um, next year. There was... We had certain advantages, again, it being in, in our time zone... History shows us that we always perform when it's in our time zone, whether it's here in Australia or in Asia. Um, and history also shows that other nations uh, don't perform when they have to come to the Asian time zone. It's going to be in Europe. So, again, it's a different meet, different uh, continent. It's going to throw up different challenges. Uh, we'll... Media aside, will Australia have a very big target on its back? Absolutely. <laughs> they will not be able to get around that now. Uh, and, yeah, that, that, that's going to be tricky. All right? um, but uh, America will will be better next year than they uh, were this year. Um, Europe will be better because it's in Europe. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I think, I guess that's where I was going okay, at man. too. Yeah, not it's just with man. Australia, but, you know, looking at the performances of the Americans, you know that, um, you know, that's not going to sit well with them, that that they, although they got, you know, team of the meet or whatever it might have been, it's not going to sit well with them that we dominated the gold medal tally and, uh, we're able to pip them in races that maybe normally they'd get over the top of. And also, not just the Australian team, but um, and I think even just sitting with you watching on that Friday night, there were certain races where maybe uh, they were, you know, tipped to win, but um, maybe a, a Team GB swimmer got their hand on the wall first or um, a French swimmer or a, or a Chinese team um, swimmer got their hand on. So there's just certain times where you thought, oh, this is more of a um, an event the US would normally win, but they were just missing. So 
as you said, they will be better. Um, uh, I've no doubt about that, and I think they'll um, certainly refine things. And uh, that's what I mean. I just don't want, as you said, just keep things real and and as you look at it as a standalone. We did phenomenal, and I want to celebrate it, but I, I don't want to uh, put that pressure on people that for the next twelve months. You know, poor Ariane's hearing. You know, oh, you're looking forward to winning gold. This might they do it, and I know they do it. Are you looking forward to winning gold in Paris? What a question! What would you know about winning gold in twelve? But do you anyway? It shits me. So that's sort of from a from a media and a public perspective. Get behind them, support them, love them. I I, I want that a hundred percent. But let's not push the expectations. The swimmers and the coaches and the teams have more than enough expectations without us bloody um, average punters throwing it on top. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think one of the things about this world champs was that uh, GB, you know, they got um, uh, first and second in that men's turn of three. Mm. Um, And then they got second and third in the turn I am. Is that right? Yeah, Duncan Scott and Tom Dean. Yeah. So um, China was very good. Um, and then you had, you know, the Italians, I think, were on the rise. Yeah, Grosse. Um, Grosse had a fantastic meet. Yeah, and then... Um, and uh, Leon Marchand, obviously. Yeah, the French are definitely going to, you know, they're moving in the right direction. So... Yeah, it was one of those world champs where, and we've said it for years when you're on the team, you needed other nations to perform well to take some of those medals away uh, from the US, and that's that's what happened. Um, so, but I, I would be, you know, for instance, you know, Australia, yeah, the men won, but the Brits got DQ. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, any, you know, they won the four by two. Anyone who's looked at it on paper has gone, the Brits are going to be hard to beat in that four by one. US are going to be harder to beat. Mm. Does this mean that if, if Australia, you know, doesn't win a gold medal in the men's four by one, it's a failure, like how the, the boys were treated in 12? Yeah. No, shouldn't, you know. Um, so even though they won that race, I, I'd still be – Painting them as an underdog to win next year. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And hopefully, uh, you know, I think Channel Nine have the rights to next year and hopefully the papers and everyone, you know, as I said, still support them. I'm not saying don't talk about the Australian team. I want to promote the sport. I want everyone to get behind them, but do it in a way that shows that you're just supporting and you're not expecting something. Mm. Um that's that's when I get annoyed. Don't talk to them because you're expecting a gold. Because then inevitably, if it doesn't happen, then all of a sudden you sound disappointed when you're talking to them. They're already disappointed enough. It's like hearing Dad on the way home from your carnival on a Sunday. Oh, well, that was disappointing. Thanks, Scoop. Like, I didn't think it already. Love it. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Now, I threw some questions at you earlier. We're going to go through them. Play along at home if you like. Uh, Come up with your own uh, names uh, for these questions. First one was race of the meat. Shannon, um, you take it away first. I've got I wrote down one for me too. What was your race of the 2023 Fukuoka World Champs? 
Well, there was a, there was a couple, but I would have to say the women's uh, turn of freestyle. Mate, we are on fire. We're just in sync, our brains, because that's that's what I had as well. And uh, yeah, the women's two hundred freestyle. Molly wins world record. All the players played their hand um, and swam really well. It was you know took a world record to win it, didn't it? So uh, I think any time you get a really close finish and it takes a world record to beat them, um, that's that's a phenomenal race. And I think the exciting part about that, just in racing, is um, in twelve months' time, mate, it's going to be it could even be closer and and with a few more players around there in in hand. So. Uh, race of the meet, we're on. We're already on. All right, now next one. Who was your breakout performer? Was there a swimmer that that stood out to you that maybe you weren't expecting to see? Could be from any team. Doesn't have to be from the Australian team. Was there a swimmer that stood out to you that you went, "Hey, where'd, where'd that swimmer come from?" Was it Chin, the breaststroke boy? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Chin. Chin, 50, 100, and then just because he broke the 200 world record as well, uh, dominant, 100%. I had Sam Short. So Sam Short uh, won the uh, the 400-meter freestyle, beat Hafnawi in in a really close race. Um, Silver in the 800, again, close race, Um, and then obviously bronze in the 1500. Um, I, I think a lot of the swimmers around the world would have known about Sam coming through, but I don't know necessarily if the swimming public around the world knew of Sam Short. Well, I, I think they definitely do now. And the exciting part is he's still got growth and he's still got development. And I think he can he can still go forward. Even in that 1500, he's been training for that for, for a long time. So it's balancing, obviously, but... What did you think of Sam Short's performances through the week, Shannon? Obviously, always there and abouts, and Hafnawi had a, a phenomenal week himself um, coming off the back of being the Olympic champion in the 400, but um, Bobby Fink was always around there as well. But uh, Sam Short certainly made sure that people are going to be keeping an eye out for him in, in Paris. Yeah, phenomenal uh, performance, I thought. Very, very good. Damien Jones has done a great job with him. Uh, very good coach. So um, looking forward to seeing him in the next 12 months. Um, and, yeah, I was, I was impressed with the way he spoke in the interviews as well. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I think you're right on the Australian team. I think he has definitely been, uh, you know, the breakout performer um, of the last 12 months, really. Mm. He's a student of the game. He knows all the records. He always has. Um, he knows what he's after. He knows what's next. And I think, you know, he got out of the pool and said, oh, I think I just knocked off Hackey's record before even anyone <laughs> even mentioned mm-hmm. that. Um, so, you know, and I think he got a message from Grant Hackett before the 1500 as well, just for some, you know, a, just some encouragement really, but uh, which is nice. It's always nice to see that. But, yeah, he, he's he's done a phenomenal job. And um, obviously um, going to, to Damo uh, following – his work at Albany Creek, which Richard did a phenomenal job sort of building him up and, and developing Sam and getting that engine ready. And then uh, what they've gone on to do at Rackley with Damo uh, obviously is complementing that and then some and taking it on to another level, which is is phenomenal to see. It doesn't always happen, does it, Shannon, in terms of that young development and athlete and you see him coming up. But 
and Damo and, and Sam are doing a great job working together and taking what they built, um, what he did at Albany Creek with Rich and taking it on. I think this is an easy answer. Coach of the meet. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name again? Boxall. Yes, Boxall. Mr. Dean. Um, yeah, phenomenal performance. We don't need to go back through that. I, I thought, yeah. Um, phenomenal. And that's uh, not to disregard any of the other coaches on the Australian team and what they did. And as I said, we've had some other great performances and, and Kaylee's, um, you know, three gold medals uh, in, in you know, how it started too with the, with the DQ obviously could have derailed things a little bit, but obviously she used it to her advantage and um, there was some question marks about the 200 and she managed to put that together. So congratulations to Bowley and, uh, and the team up there, uh, the coaching team with Janelle as well and all the squad. and uh, So he had a great performance too, but um, as I said, Dean Boxall, 10, 10 athletes, you just can't beat it. Now, swimmer of the meet. Let's see if we've gone different here. Swimmer of the meet. Did they have male swimmer and female swimmer? Or they, they did. They did. So I'll tell you here. So the official female swimmer of the meet was Kayla McEwen for yeah. her win in the, in the 50, the 100, and the 200. And the official male was Leon Marchand for the yeah. 200, 400 world record also and the 200 IM. Who was yours? Uh, so you can only pick one? Yeah, I only picked one. I mean, you, you, hey, it's your podcast. You can, pick, you can pick two if you like. It's your name on the, on the bright lights. That's a tricky one, isn't it? Mm. Well, I'll go first so it gives you time. I picked Leon Marchand. So I thought Leon, for the pressure that he had going in there, uh, the way he handled it, which we saw some other junior athletes maybe didn't handle it as well, especially that 400 IM. I mean, everyone was watching him, just him. So, you know, you go to Summer McIntosh, everyone was watching that race, but they weren't watching her um, if you look at, Popovich, you know, everyone was watching the 100 free, but they didn't just look at him, did they? They looked across. When you looked at that 400 IM, all eyes were on Leon and all eyes were on the clock because there was just a sense of could this happen? I think when you've got that sort of pressure and then not only do you stand up, you deliver, uh, I, I can't help but be crazy impressed with with that. So he's my swimmer for the meet. Yeah. The two that I was thinking was um... – Leon and Molly, and I'd give it very close. I'd give it to Leon. Uh, I think Molly, the 100, 200 doubles, exceptional. Wouldn't have been done too often. Um, yeah, I, I'm surprised they, you know, that they, they actually they picked Kaylee. I mean, as good as those performances were, I think you know that world record, and then to back it up. And uh, win the hundred would have she would have been my pick for the female. Um, mm. I think the relays play a part too. Obviously, Kaylee was in uh, the four by one medley, but then obviously Molly was in you know relays as well and and killing it. So I think and and Kaylee was in the mixed. Um, a curly question, just while I thought of it, our mixed. Uh, our mi- oh, sorry, not our mixed. Our girls medley relay. 
no disrespect to Abby Harkin, would you have would you have done that that order? I'm just I'm uh, just literally thinking out loud now. Only because because we talked about Kaylee, she is our fastest female breaststroker in Australia as well, and Molly is our second fastest backstroker. So you essentially could have still had a little bit quicker. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. That's just off the top of my head. You could have played around with it a little bit and been a bit outside the box. Did you think about yeah. that? Uh, I think and I think the guys would have thought about that, you know, mm. whoever had that medley really. Oh, I'm sure they did. Like, as I said, it's not Robbie Cox sitting here yeah. coming up with all the, the bright ideas. I'm sure they thought of it. I don't think it would have made a difference in the end, though. Yeah. Um, because we, our breaststroke legs is not fast enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and Abby, she did a good job too. So it's not as if she um, fell behind. But I, I, there would have been a temptation just to to see because Molly obviously can backstroke super quick, and as I said, Kaylee has a, a time posted as like, the fastest Australian female breaststroker this year. So interesting note to finish. Um, wrap that up. What do you got rest of the week coming up for you, Shannon? Um, I'm getting a haircut. Go oh, my here's... God. The, the, the excitement levels of this podcast. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> That's why the people turn up because what are we doing this week, Shannon? Well, I'm getting a haircut. That's, that's what the people turn up for. <laughs> got a hard set tonight. Yep. Uh, and on Friday. And um, the one on Friday, I'm probably going to split, actually. So half will do it, well, three quarters will do it Friday night and half will do, um, my breaststrokers will do something different on, uh, and then Saturday morning I'll, I'll give the breaststrokers their main set. Um, I gave, as I said earlier, Monday morning, uh, Monday off, and then we, we swam yesterday um, and then we're into it again. And, you know, by the end of the month, we'll be moving down to Sydney and uh, swimming the New South Wales short course. So, yeah, and then ten days after that, Australian champs, and then yeah, yeah, be and living up here for a month, Shannon. Yeah, we're into summer. So <laughs> winter's nearly done. Yeah, it comes around quickly, doesn't it? It yeah. definitely comes around quickly. Um, what was I going to say? When you say tough set, what are you looking at? What do you got on the board here? What do we? What do you got coming up? Uh, we're going. Uh, um, hundred and fifty at a two, and then a fifty fast. Okay. And I'm just playing around in my head. Will I just go a hundred at a two fifty fast, or do hundred and fifty? So that's where um, I'm thinking. So you say fifty fast, just to push fifty max. Yeah. What yeah. do you got? What do you got in the tank? How many rounds would you do of that? Ten. Okay. What would you call that set? In terms of your uh, sort of anaerobic capacity. Yeah, I think it starts off like that, and because of the nature of the the amount of rounds, it becomes more um aerobic power towards the end so yeah yeah, yeah. So i would just like to and ask the questions that people, power, you know so people are driving along there's young whippersnappers that are still learning and they hear them they think oh that's good what is the 
now they see now they've got the answer anaerobic capacity adds a bit of power towards the end systems all start working together now we're back putting people to sleep again um <laughs> oh no that was good mate i'm glad we got to go through it obviously we talked about a little bit together over the weekend and it would have been good obviously for the, um, the camp that was down there with the new south wales and queensland coaches and being around while the world champs were on would have been great conversations and watching that together so um fantastic congratulations to the australian swim team um to rowan to rowan all his coaches and all the athletes that just put on a spectacle they put on a show it was great to watch um congratulations as i said to the commentary as well well done to matt thompson on channel nine i think he did a great job i think he's improved a lot this is only second time calling swimming but uh just as an outsider's perspective i thought he did a great job of just showing the enthusiasm and the excitement for for the sport and he was lifting when the moment called for there to be lifting yeah. and he wasn't flat well you know i know you're a big um commentating fan as well you've got your favorites what do you think of his work this week yeah i enjoyed listening to him i thought uh he did a marked improvement on his first gig um in melbourne um and i yeah i look forward to listening to him again and i think he'll he'll only get better and better I'm going to try and get him on the podcast, Shannon. I've befriended him on Instagram and I've, I've slid into his DMs. I told him he did a great job, to which he said thank you. So I'm going to try and get him on the podcast so we can have a chat to him and, and talk a little bit more about, you know, how he sees it and how he goes about his business because I think he did a great job. And obviously we, anybody else from New South Wales and Queensland know he commentates the uh, rugby league, the NRL, so uh, does a great job. All right, let's, uh, we'll leave it at that, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks to all the listeners for joining us this week once again. Hopefully you enjoyed it and we've got some more uh, great episodes coming up. We've got some good topics coming up as well, maybe even some special guests. And I think David Clark's coming back on, Swimming Stats Guru. Always love when David comes on. I just I leave so much more um, intelligent. Well, I think so anyway, and then start to forget things. Just uh, have you ever noticed your brain's like a computer that you know you just can't fit too much memory in? All of a sudden, it just starts going slowly. <laughs> you know, when you get too much in your computer and then it's going slow, and you're like, Oh, it's time for an upgrade. That's how my brain works. Uh, <laughs> anyway, have a great weekend, guys. Uh, enjoy yourselves, and uh, we'll see you all again next week. See you, everyone. Bye. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you as always by ProSwim Workouts. Nico and the team at ProSwim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, ProSwimWorkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to prosumeworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to prosumeworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you. 